Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast this week. Hi, guys. Welcome to another week. Yes, yes, yes. I hope you all have had a wonderful weekend. Weekend. Bikini, how was your weekend? Weekend was good. was quiet. Did some yard work. And um, just enjoyed a nice fall Halloween weekend. The kids did mm. some little trick or treating and stuff, and it was really nice. Halloween kids... is now over, so you know, time yeah, to on to the next holiday. Yeah, it's time for Christmas. I'm skipping yeah. Thanksgiving. It's time for Christmas. I'm feeling that way too. And I was about to say that, but I think that as long as it takes me to break down seasonal decoration and put up Christmas, I think I might start sooner than later. I know that some people mm-hmm. mark Thanksgiving weekend as the, the decorating weekend, but that weekend tends to be very busy, you know? I agree. And then I mm-hmm. end up, okay, it's going to be the next week or the next. Before you know it, you're in December. I yeah. need to be able to enjoy my uh, holiday decorations as long as it takes to get them up. So I think I'm going to try to do it earlier this year. Actually, yeah. I think I'm going to do mine this weekend. because And, just, and that's I, what I'm saying. That sounds I, real yeah, good. Yeah, I feel like I need some joy in my life. So I'm yeah. just going yeah. to put, put them up. But yeah. Um, yeah. my weekend was full of taking my little one to trick-or-treat. Okay. And we had like a trunk-or-treat at um, the Very church. Nice. So we did that. So um, she had a good time. It was with her little um youth group and so you know Mm -hmm. she had a she had a wonderful time so that was it i'm surprised your your boys still like to go trick-or-treating you know what they do still like to go and i suspect they're going to be going when they're six feet something which is probably (laughs) so yeah they absolutely and even though we went to his friend's house and the mom has all this candy the kids Mm -hmm. still wanted to go house to house i guess it's just something about it yeah, um, the yeah, good well, thing is good. their older brother was able to go with them. He's about mm-hmm. sixteen, so mm-hmm. we and my girlfriend stayed in, and we'd answer the door to trick or treaters. It's a nice little neighborhood. Oh, so. that's nice. <laughs> it that's was the nice. first year we didn't have to go, so it was oh, good, nice. <laughs> good, good. Mm-hmm. So last week's podcast, we had a wonderful interview with Kathy Douglas. Um, we talked all about her sweet romance and her Christmas uh, book, which is uh, a kiss at the mistletoe rodeo. Um, and I finished, I finished that last week, but I moved on to some other Christmas. Like I really am in the Christmas mood. I'm, I'm starting Me to read still. Christmas stuff. Christmas, yeah. like li- Christmas holiday stuff. Just like and- last year, I feel like we really need it. I think it just feels mm-hmm. so good. And if we can prolong this feeling, you know, as long as we can, I don't see anything wrong with that. You know, I, I totally so, agree. It's time. Yeah, so um, in our reading romance, I did talk about A Kiss at Mistletoe Rodeo by Kathy Douglas. Um, she, We also had some hot topics. We talked about Portia and her impending spinoff show. Family, <laughs> um, <laughs> Portia, Family Matters. No, what is it? I forget. Yeah, what you said, Family Matters, I think. Something, yeah, Portia. Um, mm-hmm. um, the Chappelle Show and Netflix Fallout. Mm-hmm. And uh, Will and Jada talking. Jada still talking about their sex life. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so everybody's like, we keep talking. Man. We keep enjoying it and listening. I know. I know. <laughs> everybody's like, um, is she gonna be quiet? But I'm like, right. hey, if it's her truth, let it be That's her it. truth. That's it, baby. Um, and then listening romance. I shouted out another podcast, which is the Smart Women Read Romance. And we did a little watching romance breakdown of um, the the first season opening of Insecure 20s on BET and the upcoming Christmas in Harmony with Luke James and Ashley Murray. Did you get a chance to see that? I did. I did. I enjoyed it. I, I, I liked it, but I have one qualm with it. What was that? My, why did they have her lip syncing? Oh, was that not her singing or did she no. just lip sync herself? 
Luke, Luke James was singing, um, and Michelle Williams was singing. That was her or not? That wasn't her because I watched Riverdale, and she's on Riverdale, and she sings on there, and she has a very much not a very soulful, soulful voice. So it's more like a poppy, high voice. Okay. And so I guess they wanted somebody a little more gospelly, soulful. But they had the girl lip syncing. Yeah, I don't like that either. Sing. I mean, that just seems so. I agree. I agree. There's a lot of actresses out there looking, you know, and she was a beautiful girl. I really loved them together. She was super cute. Yeah, she was super and, cute. And they made a very attractive couple. I was just curious. So, you know, I've watched my share of Hallmark movies, and I don't know. I felt like the film of this one just didn't look to be the same quality, and I didn't know why mm. that was the case. It seemed rushed. Is it, it, it me? It just or, felt like just or they just a little don't know. Good. Or they just don't know how to film black skin. Well, I mean, I was that might be it. But all of the Tia and Tamara and Tatiana and Keisha Knight Pulliams, those are crisp HD. They look great. This one just Mm -hmm. looked like it was on like I'm not gonna call out (laughs) you know networks, but (laughs) just like BT. No, yeah, (laughs) stepped it up a little bit. That's true. That's true. I was talking about the show. I was like, is it my TV I'm watching it on? But no, I watched it on my UHD TV. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was mm-hmm. it was very cute. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I liked Michelle um, Williams' role in it. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't yeah. have a chance to check it out, I'm sure they'll be airing it again. And it's worth yes. a watch. Luke James was so handsome and charming. He it was, was oh, so movie. handsome and charming. It was mm-hmm. very, very cute. It was. So what's the hot topic, Zucchini, um, in a romance this week? So, you know, to start off on a positive note, because so often our hot topics, <laughs> you know, speedy. Yes, speedy. <laughs> exactly. So, speedy. <laughs> so, you know, ASAP, Rocky, and Rihanna, they're still going strong. And, mm. you know, I just love when ASAP does his little interviews. Rihanna tends to be a little bit more private, but ASAP yeah, just yeah. continues to kind of publicly proclaim that, you know, she's the love of his life. He uses that expression. He says, mm-hmm. you know, life is just so much better when she when when I got her. He says she is amounting to about a million other people. Mm-hmm. And I think when you know, you know she is the one. And so mm-hmm. they're, they're going strong. I believe it's been about a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both kind of spoke about why they feel that they've been going strong for so long. And it's because they said the romance kind of evolved from their friendship that they Mm -hmm. kind of knew and respected one another and that the friendship just kind of grew from there and organically blossomed into a relationship. ASAP says they love to laugh. They have a blast together. They were having a good Mm -hmm. time together before they started dating. And he said he just feels like that really makes for a solid romance. So that's wonderful. You know, they were known to have been dating since last year, but people speculate that they were dating even longer he was spotted in Barbados, where she's from, last Christmas. So, you know, they're they're just Ooh. going strong, and they're 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 feeling each other. So even if he's not the one, he's the one for right now. She's yeah. happy. I think we all just want to see Rihanna happy. Yeah, we do. Um, and he makes her we happy, do. and it we seems do. she makes him happy. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's that that's that's what's up. So oh nice nice. Mm-hmm. And more mm-hmm. sobering news, though, we have Kenya Moore and Mark Daly. You know, so as we all know, Kenya did file for divorce last year from Mark, who made some appearances on The Housewives of Atlanta and just didn't present himself to be a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But anyway, after some time, she did finally file for divorce. I think it took a little longer than people expected. But, you know, Kenya would say in interviews that she still loves him. She still kind of hoped for things to work out. Mm. Um, but she she finally went ahead and filed. So now they're kind of in this custody battle, which is 
unfortunate, but uh, this lawyer kind of made some statements that were a little bit vague, but concerning and just kind of regarding the custody of Brooklyn. Brooklyn's the name of the daughter. Mm-hmm. And Kenya's lawyer said, quote, there are various issues impacting the care, safety, and well-being of Brooklyn that could mm-hmm. be continuously impacted if not addressed you know, basically very quickly. So Mark countered back that, you know, there's no safety issues. There's no well-being issues. You know, he didn't like that. So he quickly said that's absolutely not true. Um, mm. But apparently he is agreeing to, um, he's agreeing to give Kenya primary physical custody, but he wants joint legal custody. So basically what that means is having joint legal custody, he wants to be able to have a say-so in the important decisions that come up in Brooklyn's life. Mm -hmm. Um, So physical custody, meaning he's not trying to say she has to live half with me, half with her. She can live with her mom, but I want to be able to say, you know, yes or no. I want to be consulted with, you know, if you're going out of the country or taking her to another state, things like that. And I I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know about all that. He's a control freak. And I feel like she would probably make the best decision in both of their best interests. And I feel that she would consult with him anyway. So mm-hmm. him putting that in place, but you know, I guess he feels like he needs to protect himself. But yeah, cover himself. Know, he just mm-hmm. he, he disgusts me. Nothing about Mark. <laughs> I remember he was gonna have his little spinoff show about the restaurant. I don't think it was received well because that never mm-hmm. ended up happening nope. and stuff like that. So anyway, yeah. I wish she would have just had the baby and not married him. Like you yeah, know, at this like, point, you don't life, have to have the yeah. baby, Kenya. You didn't even need yeah. to get married. You know what I'm I think because she had never been a bride or a wife, she might have still had that little yearning to kind of mm. have that little mm-hmm. happily ever after, including mm-hmm. you know the husband. You know, for those of us mm-hmm. who were married already and younger, like if I met another guy and he's the one, I don't necessarily need to get married. If I do, I do, but I'd be content not getting married again and having like a life partner like Goldie Hawn and countless others I just Mm -hmm. wonder if maybe Kenya felt like that was one thing she hadn't had I I don't know guys people don't usually change when the the marriage license is signed on the dotted line I feel like Mark was probably Mm -hmm. Mark before but she probably and and loved him and wanted to believe in the best and hope that he would you know Mm -hmm. he would get better but you know he didn't so anyway just wishing them the best and you know hopefully it doesn't get too messy before things are resolved as we as we know those things can sometimes get yeah 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 we saw the best yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. And I got some hot topic news. So, um, our our I don't know if you ever watched Harold and Kumar go to White Castle that movie, <laughs> but it no. came out a long time ago. But it's the Indian actor Cal Penn. He's pretty famous. Okay, um, he's been in a lot of stuff, lots of stuff. Um, okay. At one point, he was working for the Obama administration. He had left Hollywood and was working for the Obama administration. Well, this week, <laughs> and talked about his partner of eleven years, Josh that he is now engaged to. And I was like, I was, and so my little heart was crushed because I was, in, I had been in love with Cal Penn since I was a teenager. <laughs> um, and so I was like, what gay, what oh, girl, what? And like, that many years. Wow. Okay. Oh my God. And so he, you know, for him to keep that under wraps for a really long time. Yeah. But he said his closest family and friends knew and everything okay. like that, but I wish him the best. And he also yeah. has a um, holiday movie coming out. Um, and I and I actually updated our holiday calendar, so I'll talk about that. Okay. But he has a holiday movie coming out on Comedy Central on December 11th. Yeah. And it's called Hot Mess Holiday. Hot Mess. Um, <laughs> That's and cute. it's an it's an all like Indian, Desi, Southeast mm-hmm. Asian cast. 
I'm, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be so funny. I, I think it's gonna be hilarious. That's so, so cute. Um, it looks like it's, it's a, a really, really funny, funny movie. So that comes on Comedy Central. How cute! And good for yeah. him for living in his truth. And I, I, know. I guess obviously there's still so much pressure in Hollywood and in Bollywood as well. You know, mm-hmm. I guess to to just kind of be able to live in your truth, especially if maybe you didn't be, start out as an openly gay actor. Maybe there's yeah. pressures now. What is your agent invi- advising you? And you know, there has to be so many concerns. Well, I. Let me tell you something. Roles. He was so convincing as a straight guy. Like, yeah. like yeah. in the movies, like he was always running after women and this, that, and the third. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. So he's a ladies man. He's right. Not. Right. <laughs> he wasn't apparently. He wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't. So um, I, I that's kind of a little chuckle I had this week. Yeah. So I was happy, yeah. But I was well, happy look, for him. Good. Looking forward to his holiday movie. I know it's gonna be cute. So in other news of, I guess, just kind of living in your truth and kind of being your authentic self, the past couple weeks, you guys have probably been seeing all this news about Sydney Starr and Darius McCrary. Darius McCrary is the actor who played Eddie Winslow in Family Matters. In the 90s, we all loved Family Matters. Um, and Sydney Starr, I don't know if you guys watched Love and, Love and Hip Hop New York that's Mm-mm. where I knew her from. Did you watch that season when Sydney Star was on there? Uh-uh. Okay, so she's a beautiful girl, beautiful trans woman. Mm. Um, is she on the Zeus Network in some show? Because she referenced the Zeus Network. I'm trying I to guess see where people know her from. So she's a she's an influencer. She's a reality star. She's dabbled in different things on television here and there. Beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, like a couple weeks ago, she basically posted an Instagram story. Um, of just her in a photo shoot modeling with Darius McCreary. So she didn't mm-hmm. announce what the project was. She hashtagged mm-hmm. Zeus Network. So it might be something they're working on together. It okay. was a very intimate, sexy photo shoot. She looked amazing in this little bodycon mini dress. He was looking very handsome and dapper. You know, he's a, he's evolved into a handsome gentleman. Mm-hmm. And just it was like a very sexy, intense photo shoot. But you, you know, in one of it was photos she posted, but there was a video and there was someone directing it and kind of like looking to her eyes, this and that. But they had like this chemistry that was undeniable. And then I think she posted some other video of them looking as though they were kissing and just kind of in an intimate, like looking setting. And I mm-hmm. don't know what the context of that was. But of course, you know, after she posted that footage, the behind the scenes footage and the hashtags were kind of like mysterious the hashtags like you know basically this is my friend we're very close you know trans is beautiful so mm. people are speculating kind of like oh okay is Darius were they dating were they a couple and then I think Darius McCreary is engaged um mm. so he quickly came forward and was kind of like no 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 this was a photo shoot we're not dating we've never dated whereas Sydney Starr was kind of like coy didn't really confirm or deny it kind of just like giggly and like "Mm, you know we're just very close he's one of my closest friends and kind of left you know people always want to assume they know what's going on and she certainly with her response left it kind of ambiguous by not quickly shutting it down the way that I was about to say Eddie Winslow did the way that Darius (laughs) McCurry did Um, so you know she was recently on the real and she was invited to go on there to kind of clear up what exactly is going on between herself and Darius McCrary because he basically blatantly denied it and shut it down 
But if you look at the footage and stuff, it looks, like I said, it looks very sexy, very intimate. And it really could just be a photo shoot. But I think her response to it is what made people think maybe it was something more. Um, And in fact, it actually seemed that she liked the attention and was enjoying kind of people speculating because if there's a yeah she was, she was, she was enjoying the enjoying the stuff yeah Absolutely. she was, so she was the getting attention. a lot of yeah yes and people are calling her kind of attention whore, not whore in that sense but kind of like <laughs> attention seeking mm-hmm. this and that so i mean honestly her appearance on the reel did not do anything to clear things up she still kind of played coy giggly didn't really confirm or deny anything they did confront her though about a couple of things that were important so apparently there was if you remember sydney star from like last year a couple of years ago she was in the news because she was linked to the rapper chingy who had right. that song right there and yeah. they, um i forgot why they oh because um he had some models in a video and she was one of them and they were kind of like in a photo together and people of course speculated you know because it was a trans woman what's going on you know people jump to that conclusion Mm -hmm. and apparently instead of kind of and he was kind of like no 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 it's not like that and she she basically said that they had a whole relationship and she kind of she says today that she made it up and she apologized and she felt bad i don't know if they really had nothing at all, but she's saying that they never had anything. I know I led you guys to believe that they did, that we did. And I apologize because Chingy actually says that, you know how we are in the black community and people are so transphobic and everything. He Mm -hmm. said that kind of damaged his career. I mean, I don't know what Mm -hmm. career he had last year. I mean, I love right there, but I don't, but anyway, he (laughs) said that that basically ended his career and shut it down so he was very upset about that being linked to her he felt and she was just like apologetic and was kind of like look I'm sorry I I shouldn't have said it so I don't know if she was kind of protecting what they might have had by saying I apologize I didn't I made it up or maybe she really was just being messy and made mm-hmm. up stories because that's kind of what she said so I bring that up to say that with this recent Darius McCreary situation you know Sydney unfortunately has a reputation of being attention seeking and messy and and of lying mm-hmm. quote on mm-hmm. people and there's also I was listening to the radio this morning they were interviewing a trans um like a leader in the community mm-hmm. and she was just saying how it's like really criticized in the community the LGBTQIA plus community period so yeah on the real basically Sydney was just acknowledging that you know in the LGBTQIA plus community um it's not considered a good thing to quote out someone you know whether she dated mm-hmm. Chingy whether she dated Darius it's not for her to kind of speak their truth and out them so she Mm -hmm. was saying I want to at least clear up that this is not what I'm trying to do I know Mm -hmm. that I don't have a good reputation because of the chingy thing I know Mm -hmm. I have a sketchy past but please don't judge me based on that I've changed me and Darius are are just good friends it's still with the kind of giggle giggle Mm You know what I mean? But, mm-hmm, but you know, mm-hmm. I think at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, Sydney is an influencer. She is a personality. And mm-hmm. any attention is good attention sometimes. Yeah, she even yeah. said, look, I'm on the reel. Like, I made it to the reel. You guys are talking mm-hmm. about me. My name is in your mouth. So whether it's for the good right. or the bad, be out there and at the forefront of the news. So hopefully not at the mm-hmm. expense of putting someone's business out there. Because the reality is that, who, no matter who she is, he is an engaged man. So he, mm-hmm. unless they have an open situation, he's not supposed to be dating anyone. Into exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. but it, it was an interesting little segment. I didn't walk away having any more clarity. She kind of kept it vague and stuff. But if you're interested, you can check out that clip on YouTube this week.
So that's oh. about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys. We are going to take a quick break and come back with our interview with Georgina Kirsten. Ta- stay tuned. All right, you all, welcome back. Um, uh, we're going to start with our interview of the week with Georgina Kirsten. Uh, Georgina Kirsten is a trans, non-binary, contemporary, and paranormal writer. Um, they also write erotic romance. Um, they are a self-published writer who is expanding our norms and our ideas about romance and what it's like to be loved in the margins and in these different intersections. So I hope you all enjoy uh, this interview with Georgina Kirsten, um, who is a fabulous, fabulous writer. And I'm proud to say she, that they are one of my friends. So thank you. And I hope you all enjoy the uh, interview. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and we are here with Georgina Gigi Kirsten. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Kirsten. Kirsten, yes, Kirsten. Um, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of your origin stories, of how you got started in romance and what, you know, when did you first fall in love with romance? That's what I ask everybody when we first come on the podcast. I have always read women or girl-centered lit um, mm-hmm. from an early age. I started with the Babysitter's Club and mm. Little Women and, um, and, and well, Anne of Green Gables. And then um, I think it all switched over um, in senior year of high school, I, cause I used to buy books in Goodwill and I just bought a book out of the blue of a romance book and mm-hmm. I was hooked and I got made fun of it. It was my first romance book. And I remember taking it to lunch and I had a whole bunch of like white Dubrois, uh, Dubrois, uh, bra, um, friends who were like into D and D into sort of heavy uh, urban fan uh, not urban but high fantasy and mm. they would make fun of me about it but i didn't care because i loved it anyway but yeah right. um senior year of high school um which is actually funny because it's the year i actually started writing that year as well so it's just a weird um ironic kind of thing that happened to me mm-hmm. and then um and I have my kids in the background for some reason. They just won't be quiet, so I'm sorry. It's okay. It's totally fine. I have a little one, so I understand. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, you know, read romance from here on out. And then I stopped, um, stopped mid-20s to just read exclusively fan fiction. And then I just recently mm-hmm. came back in the last three years to read romance again. So... It's been an off and on thing for the last 20 years. Well, you're a writer of fan fiction? And, and it mm-hmm. like That's how I got my start. Your, yeah, I was going to say, it kind of sparked your, your love back for um, romance again. Yeah, but the thing is about fan fiction, and I, and sorry if I'm going into a tangent, but oh, no, no. there is... 
<laughs> there is an overlap between fan fiction and romance. A lot of fan fiction writers, not just me, go into romance. They go in, especially if you're in sort of like into slash or other gay um, fan fiction or um, or lesbian fan fiction, they will go immediately into most of the time into romance. So there's an overlap. And then in a lot of the trends and the stuff that um, is popular in romance right now comes from fan fiction. So there's an oh, yeah. immediately organic overlap. Mm -hmm. So it's not strange. Uh, it's not strange as you would think that one would go into the other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So professionally, what are you? What do you do? You do uh, besides writing romance, are you writing romance full time? Um. Just full time. Um, I did used to be a graphic designer. I retired mm -hmm. in like 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm a stay at home parent. Um, mm -hmm. My kids are my focus. My kids are family. That's my focus besides that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I try to make it a habit to squeeze in the writing besides that. And especially this year, because I had to do homeschooling mm -hmm. <laughs> because of the pandemic, and that's taken up a lot of my writing time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, it's, I've actually sort of had a lot of trades, but like my last recent big trade I, I did for myself or, or that worked was um, graphic design. So, mm -hmm. mm, Okay. So I went on your website and um, read a, lot, a little bit about you, a little blurb about you. So I want to just highlight, first and foremost, um, let me ask, what are your pronouns before we get started? Um, they, them. They, them. Thank you. Because I want to talk about your intersecting um, identity mm -hmm. and how that informs your writing and your romance. Mm -hmm. uh, because we've had a lot of romance writers on the podcast some of who are identify themselves as queer some of who uh, a few have identified identify themselves as non-binary mm -hmm. or even asexual and um, how do you um, identify yourself and how do those intersecting identities inform the way you approach romance first thing is right out of the box is i'm black because that wow. forms everything <laughs> <laughs> it's self-evident but when you I, I don't need to tell you because you're a black woman yourself but like Absolutely. that just informs how the world just interacts with me right off the bat is but that has, I'm a but, black it, but, but, but it has to be said though because people make assumptions that as black women we may not experience this that or the third but they, they can't be far you know that's far from the truth you know what I mean so I, I, experience... I appreciate that yeah as a black person, I experience racism at every intersection mm -hmm. of my intersections. And mm -hmm. so that comes first. And then I'm disabled, um, both physically and mentally. I, I have dyslexia, I have ADHD, and that, <laughs> that screws me up a lot of the times. Um, as you can tell by my grammar typo tweets, <laughs> if you've ever seen me before. <laughs> Look, I'm just as bad. I, I, I don't even I don't even look at that as neuro neurodivergency in any type of way. I'm just like, oh yeah, we just all of us can't spell. I didn't know what I was 
I'm like, we just can't spell out here in these Twitter streets. <laughs> and then I'm physically disabled. Um, I over the past year or two, I've had to transition into from a walker to a wheelchair. Mm. Um, and I'm also, you know, trans and I'm trans in a way that's not necessarily seen or represented mm. in the media mm. a lot. Because mm -hmm. I'm non-binary, I'm femme presenting. I look like a black woman. My meat suit looks like a black woman. So I get mm -hmm. all the misnar, all the misogyny mm -hmm. that black women get mm -hmm. on the daily, and mm -hmm. then I get misgendered constantly mm -hmm. on top of that. Mm -hmm. So I have, because I, I, like just like I said being a black person and who, who looks like a black woman mm -hmm. is the center. It's the first thing that comes up. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, mm -hmm. and then I just, oh, let's see, trans, oh my, I'm trying to make sure I got them all, but yeah, I, I have all those and then I'm on, and then there's something that's not really talked about a lot. And I don't talk enough about cause it's, just there is my that I'm not Christian, and, mm. and and especially in the Black community where it's very Christian oriented, mm -hmm. that could be um, considered an intersection as well. So I have oh, a yeah. lot of intersections, and the way that they inform my work is that I write the stories that I want to see that I want. How can I say this? And my dog is crying now. Can you, Elmo? Shush. <laughs> Shush, because he wants to go outside, <laughs> and my oh, mom ain't taking him outside yet, and he's he wants to go walking. Um, but as I, all those intersections um, inform my work, is that I don't see myself a lot in LGBTQ romance. I don't see I don't see any of my intersections very rarely in LGBTQ romance and black romance. <laughs> uh, oh, black yeah. romance is very cis hat normative it's not because yeah. i don't love black romance i write black romance my damn self mm -hmm. but if you're outside of those norms mm -hmm. it's very alienating like it's, mm -hmm. it's a very alienating feeling mm -hmm. and what i want to do with why how i write and how my intersections because i got a lot of them unfortunately um, I try to make as many of those intersections seen as possible yeah. because yeah. I want them to know that they're not alone, mm. that, 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 A, you deserve to be loved, you deserve mm -hmm. to be respected, you yeah. don't have to um, uh, minimize yourself, make right. yourself small mm -hmm. to have the love that you deserve. Mm -hmm. And I want, because I think that's a message and I'm going on a rant because I'm, I'm very passionate about this. Oh, keep going, please. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm here to learn as well as talk to you. So, yeah. This is a message that's not being driven home to people who are like me. Right. To people who, because if someone had told me 25 years ago, 30 years ago, when I was just a kid and I didn't know anything about anything, that it was okay to be who I am now, I would have mm. came out way sooner. Mm. Because mm. there's, because you know how, I, like you're black, you know how it is. It's just, 
the more different it you are within the black community, the more marginalized you become. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's, and I just want to, it's why I do what I do and I speak so loudly, even though it feels like sometimes that it's, um, what's the word that it's futile because, you know, one ear went out the other in the book community, but I do this because I'm, I want everyone who is like me to know that they deserve to be here and they deserve to have their stories told. Mm -hmm. Every, every, every type of ability, um, and every type of lived experience, as you said, deserves their HEA or their happily for now. Um, mm-hmm. And they deserve to be seen in a way that's not just uh, paternalistic. I put it to you that way. Because so many times, particularly, um, I although I am not physically disabled, my mother um, growing up uh, was disabled. So I have a lot of um, passion and advocacy for disability um representation and um I oftentimes would be so angry at the way people spoke to her like she was a Mm -hmm. child and um you know she was a grown woman who deserved respect and 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 the respect and the and the and the and the reverence as as an elder black person in the community you know what I mean um Mm -hmm. not not in not in a paternalistic type of way like oh we feel so sorry for you and stuff like that when you know folks who are disabled, folks who are queer, folks who are on the spectrum all deserve some love and most of all respect um, and respect being shown in in works and romance particularly. What are some things in romance that you've seen that have just kind of like pissed you off or like in terms of like representation? And I know we can go on and on about that for like 45 It's like, let me, let me pull up my chair. Let me get comfortable. <laughs> like what has really pissed you off where you're like look man you you are getting this wrong y'all are getting this so wrong first things first yeah yeah first thing right off the bat i because i love i'm gonna have a love-hate relationship with stuff that is meta about our business right Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. a lot of times people get it wrong a lot of times people make conclusions but I also want to see how it works and how the other half lives and how they're doing. You know, there is mm-hmm. this um, documentary with Miss Beverly in it. Um, and the, I just watched because, first of all, I love Miss Beverly. Miss Beverly Jenkins yeah. is the yeah. shit. And I will fight anyone who says any otherwise. She's like, people say, Nora Roberts is the queen of romance. And I'm like, nah. Absolutely not. Nah, <laughs> absolutely not. Miss Beverly is the queen of romance. Right, right next to her is Miss Brenda Jackson. And I don't want to hear nothing else. Absolutely. Nothing else. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to fight you on that one because I'm sitting here nodding like, yep, she's not lying. But, she's definitely not lying. But for me, the thing that really pisses me off and it was in that documentary is romance is the only genre that is for women by women. Yes, yes. And I, here I am, a whole transmasculine, non-binary person, just Mm. staring in the corner like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Can I cuss? I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, oh, absolutely. You can cuss on here. This for grown people. Keep going. (laughs) 
Because <laughs> I was about to, because I got a dirty mouth, as you oh, well no, no. know. We, and we I, and all it, the time. It's all good. <laughs> but I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Don't you mm-hmm. see us here? Because we've yeah. always been here. Yeah. We've always been here. And I know quite a few queer men who write not only MM romance, but write MF romance. Oh, yeah. 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 But yet, they're always ignored. They're always erased in this conversation about romance. And it's, I, again, it's so funny you say that because I, I was on a panel recently. And when I brought up the fact that I wanted to see more men or people who identified themselves as men uh, writing romance, I got kind of like a screw face. I felt like I got like a screw face. Like people looking at me like, why? Like, like I'm like, because, yeah. because, because I feel like there are soft, sensitive, masculine folks out there who are in mm-hmm. touch with those types of feelings who can put them eloquently on paper yeah, we can we can relate to it whether we're cis pet women or or not. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just I I feel you on that totally. Again, because we love to make fun of men writing women, and right, right, we do. We love. I do. I just did it. Yes, last yesterday had me a ball, but you also have to acknowledge the men who generally love women. Yeah. who do the work, who ask yeah. women what they're feeling, who are sensitive yeah. within their feelings. Um, the trans men, because we're here, trans masculine yeah. men, we're here. Yeah. The queer yeah. men, who, who, who you know, because queer men in the, within the community, especially if they're feminine presenting, hang mm. out with women all the time. Of course. Of course, it's all a safe space. Hopefully it's a safe space for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so for them to write romance, is is always been a thing. It's yeah. almost I would say it's almost like I wouldn't even say it's turf because I thought well, you know this is like a turf thing or a um and it might be but it's also like it's like y'all are so under this zero you lens. You think, it's pro- you think it's protectiveness maybe I about think so, the, yeah. about the, because yeah. romance read look. How many times a day do we drag someone with a hot take about romance? Like, how do oh, yeah. I, I have to stop myself? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But we are feral about romance because we're used to being shitted on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And women, especially because, you know, it's sort of like, it's an, and it's under the guise of feminism, too, uh, that they are so protective. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Mm. Oh. Hiccupy today, sorry. But um, <laughs> it's, I don't know what it is other than like, like a, a, def, an, a, you know what? I know what it is. Hold on. Let me get my thoughts in the motion. Mm-hmm. We're so used to, as a community, having to defend ourselves all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's formulatic. It's, um, sex is un is unintelligent um it's mishy it's it's not seen is seen as um literature yeah it's not serious so we have all that and so it's an automatically defensiveness of anyone that's not you know 
who doesn't fit the status quo of romance of who doesn't who's not a male who's not well not who's not a woman who's who's not cishet um who's not white too not white because <laughs> yeah, uh, we had a big i can't believe it's like almost a two years we had a big blow up with the courtney milan thing right so right. you know it's just like and it's also the it's bigger than just us not just the women in publishing thing but it's also it's a bigger symptom of what's going on in publishing as a whole yeah. right yeah it's just a bigger symptom of that and i mm -hmm. think I, I and and i've gotten off subject and another thing that really pisses me off though about romance is how white it is yeah how white it is Mm -hmm. When I'm on my Kindle pages, when I'm opening up my Kindle, I see white romance. I don't yeah. see not one black romance. I don't see not one BIPOC person on these covers, right? right. When, and this is all across the board. This is LGBTQ romance, so MM romance, FF romance, mm -hmm. MF romance. It's all across the board. It's really white. Mm -hmm. And even when we have so many great black authors, just doing the damn thing mm -hmm. and it's still so damn white yeah it just is and i yeah. and it's irritating because i you would think that things would have changed it hasn't it hasn't right. right i think a lot of that has to do with this idea that Romance is romance, and, and and I know I'm probably probably go in a, in a tangent as well. But we having such a good conversation. Romance is seen as soft and feminine and things like that. Mm -hmm. These are things that are not associated with black women and women of co color, mm -hmm. and even people who are not, you know, the days and thems, not associated with with them either. You know what I mean? Um, and you know this this idea of softness and 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 being afforded romance and a lot of romance, particularly in the early early years, was about you know being saved and rescued and mm -hmm. you know this kind of princessy type of trope and you know nobody thinks to rescue black people you know what I mean yeah <laughs> you know nobody's out here rescuing us so they feel like we can just defend ourselves we can save ourselves. And until we had people like, you know, the Brenda Jacksons and Sharon Coopers and, um, you know, Beverly Jenkins and stuff like that, they were showing, you know, Black women not only strong and tough, but they deserve to be loved. Um, you know, it kind of changed. We shaped the narrative. And now, you know, we we have so many, particularly, I think, I think, as and I know you're an indie author, indie is doing such a good job of showing this diverse range of uh, experiences for Black folk in romance and stuff. So is that is so your impetus to go indie was that part of it? And, and then would you ever like go a traditional route if if it's necessary or if you wanted to, or are you just kind of sticking with indie for now to tell you? I knew, um, and I keep interrupting. I'm sorry. No, I knew from the jump that my the stories I wanted to tell was not going to be accepted by traditional mm. publishing. I mm. also knew that I am too much of a control freak for mm -hmm. me to ever allow anyone control over 
what's on the cover, who I, what subjects that I'm going to go and tackle, um, mm-hmm. and just like, or even the business side of things. And mm-hmm. one day I will probably hire staff, but in, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, no. But today is not that day. But I knew, I knew from the jump that. I wanted to tell these stories, and I was going to tell them. Um, I'm going to tell them. I was going to tell them. Um, come hell or high water. Yeah, and you're going to tell them your way, you know, yes. without without any kind of type of compromise, mm-hmm. um, and any type of you know restrictions on what you can say and what you can't, what you can't say. So, how do you, again, as a person? with a lived experience at all of these intersections, as you say, which I'm, I'm definitely going to use on the podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, how do you avoid, uh, how can I even put this? How do you avoid kind of operating in tropes or stereotypes or anything like that to sort of like get your work and stuff out there? Cause I know sometimes even I, can have to stop and look at myself and say, hey, what am I doing here? What am I saying here? What am I trying to say right here? You know, it's because it be seen as harmful, because it be seen as, you know, you know, a little, you know, dangerous to somebody else. You know what I mean? Um, how do you kind of avoid that? Um and, and putting yourself in a position of, okay, well, well, maybe I'm not really saying what I mean that needs to be said for this particular group or that particular group. But you don't represent all of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't represent all the groups that you're a part of. But at the same time, you want to definitely try and, you know, put your best foot forward with what you're trying to say. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I always sense. try to make sure when it, when I'm doing stuff like that, I always try to make sure that I'm writing them as people. Like, mm. I make sure that mm. this is not a stereotype that I, that these characters are people first mm-hmm. i never lose sight that they're people um mm-hmm. i think when you're sort of like when you're writing like diverse things especially if well i'm writing i'm talking about the stuff that i write within my own experience but mm-hmm. even outside of it you have to make sure that these are people right they're, these are people at the end of the mm-hmm. day and mm-hmm. i try to do that and and I um, just try to keep it real with myself. And I also ask my betas because I always try to have a diverse group of people on my feed and they often mm-hmm. and um, often beta for me as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I always try to list, be open to the feedback from my betas. And mm. um, I just, you know... I try to, at the end of the day, remind myself that I'm just writing people, people who are writing mm-hmm. falling in love, right? right. And that, right. you know, despite all these intersections, because right now I'm writing a non-binary, um, a non-binary romance. And I have mm-hmm. to remind myself that, you know, A, I can't put too much of myself into it, right? Because it's so, <laughs> you do that. <laughs> Um, it becomes autobiographical to, then. <laughs> yeah and you tend to yeah. get more defensive about feedback and because it's mm-hmm. a, a part of yourself and mm-hmm. and i try to just remind myself that these are just people 
at the end mm-hmm. of the day. And I think that's the most yeah. important thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I get that. So what are some like, when you first got started writing, what do you think are some of the traps of like a first time writer, like stuff that you like, oh man, when I first started out, I was doing X, Y, Z, and now like I know better. I thought that I could subvert all these conventions because I'm the type of person that I'm always, and I've said this before, I always question the premise. Why do I have to do this in this way? Why Mm -hmm. can I not change it up? So I spent the last three years before I started even publishing, just learning what works and what doesn't work for me. Um, and why do I do the method to the madness? And I think that was important to me. So like I would, um, you know, I would put so much on Twitter and I've kind of dialed that back because, you know, I'm looking, I write collaboratively. I, you know, get feedback from everybody else and then I see what's the best thing. And then I put it in the, in the story and I've kind mm-hmm. of dialed that back a lot mm-hmm. um I've actually become more secretive I'm not sh- uh, sharing a lot of things about my, uh, as quickly as I used to um that mm-hmm. used to sort of I don't know it used to make me feel like I'm pressured to finish it even though I might sometimes I just don't have the energy to finish mm-hmm. a project Mm-hmm. So I stopped sharing so much in the beginning, and I'll, and um, I had to learn that the hard way. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, again, I'm a lot more secretive. I don't always share all the whips I got going, and I have a, several. Right. Um, and I just have learned to trust my instincts and trust the process. And to also um, don't be afraid to just like cheer yourself. Up. I like I I started doing like um, affirmations before I started to write because that's a new mm. thing that's been doing. Mm. I get up right before I write, and in a notebook I write like my aff- like you're a good writer, and you think oh that's something simple, mm. but for someone who's had imposter syndrome their entire lives that is something that needs to sort of be in my brain or trust or I'll be like, you can finish this first, this first draft. You can, Mm -hmm. you know, you can get to your goals. You can finish your goals. And I think that's important and that's a great change. And I think um, just accepting that I I can change as a writer and that's Mm -hmm. fine. And that, evolving as a writer is not necessarily a bad thing is something that's definitely changed in the last year or so Mm -hmm. so you talk about writing affirmations and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and that's definitely a form of self-care so you know as a person with a disability um and you know neurodivergencies and things going on what else do you do to practice self-care because writers forget to practice self-care all the time we like you said we beat ourselves up so much and I'm talking to myself here um we beat ourselves up a lot um so in addition to that what else are you doing to like practice self-care what things would else would you recommend for for authors 
um, either in your position or not to practice self-care? I set boundaries. I set my boundaries pretty early on because mm. I had a, <laughs> I have some of the greatest writers <laughs> in romance, luckily. And it's, I'm not trying to humble brag, but I have some of the greatest romance writers on my feed every day, all day. Mm. Some of them I'm lucky enough that are friends. And mm. I, um, and the thing that I've learned, like the first thing I learned was to set my boundaries. What will mm. I do? How will I do it? And to guard those boundaries like a dragon guards its horde because mm-hmm. it's so very easy to backslide. Mm. And I didn't want to do that. Mm. So like um, I will block with a quickness. I will take the breaks. I will make sure that I have breaks scheduled and I will take those breaks. I just got off a break, took a week off for my birthday. I don't regret it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, to take breaks, to not try to do everything and to not feel guilty that if I don't get to everything I want to get, because like this year I had a plan to publish four books, only published two books at the very end of the year. And it's very easy to feel guilty about that. But I, in my affirmations, I always write that I come first, like right. I come first. Because it's so easy to give so much to the readers that you forget yourself. And I didn't mm. want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think readers can tell when you forget yourself. Mm-hmm. It shows up in the work. It shows up in the, it shows up in the work. It shows up in, you know, the stuff that you put out. Like, this don't feel like what, you know, Gigi put out earlier. You know, this doesn't feel like you know, what they had, you know, a couple months ago. I don't like this. <laughs> and they're going to tell you. <laughs> and they're going to tell you, like, I don't like this. You know, um, this this is not, this isn't what I what I was expecting from you, you know. Um, but that's good, what you said about self-care. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about the current um, work that you have out fall into you. First of all, I saw the cover. I loved it. First of all, yellow looks so good on brown skin. You know what I mean? It looks so good on brown skin. And then I saw um, the young one with the afro, and I was like, oh, my God, she looks so cute. Um, So so I want to say something. That color is not Mm -hmm. natural because the original stock image, because all of my images for my Mm -hmm. covers come from Adobe stock. Mm -hmm. So you got to sort of fiddle with the lighting yeah, yeah, and the yeah, coloring yeah. to just get it right, especially when it comes to black skin, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that color was like a soft, off baby pink. Mm. And so I had to, by hand, color it in Adobe oh. Photoshop to get it that color because I knew that that color was going to pop. And I was absolutely right, so... Yeah, you were. I mean, that's where your skills as a graphic design, graphic designer come in. Because, honey, I'd be like, um, I'm just going to leave this pink. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'd like, just be pink. I don't, I don't know what to do. But I loved it. I love the cover and, and, the, and the kind of fall theme. Um, and so tell us tell us a little bit about the book. I know it's a, a female, female, a black uh, romance. But but tell us about it and, and, and what was your kind of inspiration for it? the um, the book falling to you is sort of a love letter to fat dark skinned girls because Mm, they don't mm. get enough love quite frankly and um i know quite a few 
beautiful dark skinned black fat girls, um, Momo being one of them, my friend Momo. And mm-hmm. I just wanted them to get the love in FF that they should be that they kind of are getting in regular black romance. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to sort of bring all of the stuff that I loved in MF romance and bring it into FF. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also like, I wanted something cause I, when I was thinking about what my Georgina Kirsten Brown, cause I have several different pen names that mm-hmm. had several different pen, uh, brands. I mm-hmm. wanted my first brand that's under my name to be about soft love like Mm. soft comfortable love right Mm. um because i don't think i think i've said this recently i i I, two people do not get that enough in media they don't get to just softly and comfortably fall in love and i wanted that as my first um, book and so it's about you know you know childhood friends who meet again at a <laughs> sorry I have kids <laughs> no again um, no apologies <laughs> um it's a falling to you is about Armani Haynes, who is a graphic designer, which is pulled from my own personal history. And she moves to a new town. Um, I really wanted to do a small town because there's not a lot of black small town stuff. And so I wanted Mm -hmm. to do that. And I just, she at a fair with her friends, she bumps into or falls into uh, her childhood mm-hmm. best friend, uh, Cassidy Martinez, who is a dark-skinned mm-hmm. Afro-Latina. Mm-hmm. And they just sort of go on dates they, and they <laughs> fall in love and mm-hmm. they just have a happily ever after. It's very simple, very basic, but it's in a way, it's in a format and in a, a wrapping that's not often seen in FF romance, yeah. especially in Black FF romance. And I wanted something yeah. just something easy, something simple, something comfortable that you can read in an afternoon on a rainy afternoon with a cup of coffee or your cup of tea. Um, mm. on a, in a fall, I just wanted to sort of um, capture all of those feelings that fall brings, and I wanted to also, you know. <laughs> Um, and it, it um, I wanted to package it in a way that <sighs> I wanted to package this in a way that it's that is comfortable for black LGBTQ <sighs> black LGBTQ people. Right, right, right. I understand that. Yeah, because I. I, I feel like we're getting a lot more black LGBT reps, but we're not seeing like an intersection of a lot of plus size women, um, a lot, a lot of dark skinned women. I think I've read a little bit. I think Rebecca Witherspoon's done a little bit of that. Um, some other people, um, but very, it's few and far between. So um, it's good to, it's good to really, really see that. I don't want to give too much away about the story because I want people to pick it up. <laughs> pick it up and, and, and read it um 
And so I know you say you write under another pen name that was a Rianne Fox. So what's under that pen name? Is that more of your paranormal stuff or? It's um, uh, it's erotica because I'm a erotica. romance okay. and erotica um, writer. So it's erotica, but it's also on the darker side. Although uh, I'm actually going to be pivoting that to a new pen name and and switching the Ryan Fox stuff to more contemporary um, erotica instead of being it urban paranormal, which is what I do over the paranormal stuff. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, as it stands right now, Ryan Fox is paranormal. It's more darker than mm-hmm. Georgina Kirsten, the Georgina Kirsten brand. Um, it's a lot for monster efforts. And I can't cuss right now because my kids are right in front of me. <laughs> um, and, and it's just uh, like it's. I get to explore my dark side and my kinks in a very um, fun way. And I, I think, uh, especially with The Devil's Bargain, which is the one that I published in uh, the 1st of October, uh-huh. um, it's just a way to sort of play out those darker aspects of myself in fiction, which is kind of fun. We're seeing a lot more, like, this interest, particularly, I guess, with book talk and, and Instagram, this, 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 interest in more monster romances what do you think is what do you think is attributing like this interest in monster romances you know i mean like i i don't personally read them um you know people have tried to get me to turn me on to them some that are very very strange i'm like um i don't i don't know if i can <laughs> i don't know if i can handle that but what do you think is, is kind of the emphasis for people like being turned on by that type of stuff now. Venom, <laughs> the movie you know Venom. What? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, you know what? I, do, um, I, I do mess with Venom though. Yeah, <laughs> Venom. Venom for oh, a lot of people. <laughs> like, yeah, but like Venom is like even the comic books, and I found that out the hard way that the comic books do a lot of that monster effing. But yeah. it's also like Venom gave a lot of people um, permission to explore those parts of themselves that wants to do, because there's a thin line between fear and arousal, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's mm-hmm. like, like it's like there's a thin line between love and hate. There's also right. a really thin line between fear and arousal. And, mm-hmm. um, it gives those people, people who've always had that sort of struggle, especially who maybe who love horror films and kind of felt bad about it. It gives them permission for them to explore that. And I think Ven- mm. the Venom fandom, especially because I'm still in fandom, it exploded. And the reason why it exploded is because it's like people were like, oh, I'm not just, I'm, I'm okay to do this. I can be weird and it's okay to be weird, right? And mm-hmm. it's okay to, you know, explore my issues and my kinks in a way mm-hmm. that um, is safe without feeling like I'm going to be demonized for it. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and then also um, monster stuff is a way to play with gender Mm. and gender roles and that's a thing that you know 
uh, uh, romance fiction has been, um, has learned from fan fiction, um, but also that it's sort of like, it's, it's melting into um, like, <sighs> that's my train of thought. It, I, it's, hmm. There's like this, there's like this, this um, playing around with gender, like you know, like this, this sort of like, um, nobody's either one thing or the other. And then there's some, sometimes I sometimes I also feel like this reversal of gender roles sometimes in these kind of monster fiction type things, um, monster romance type things that I'm like, oh, okay, well, I never really thought about that, you know. Um, I never really, you know, anticipated seeing something like that, you know, in a romance. But I don't know. I don't know if that was what you were trying to say. or Yeah, or, it's yeah. definitely like you can play with kinks and you can play mm -hmm. with gender roles in a way that is safe mm -hmm. and that, uh, and that it's that people, I think, especially in the last five years, especially with the pandemic has sort of like has no F to, left to give. Mm -hmm. And so they're sort of like, I'm tired of trying to like, sort of, you know, pretend like I'm not into things that I'm not into. Like life is too short. Right. <laughs> right. So, right. So I'm going to be weird and that's okay, because everyone says it's okay now to be weird. And I have people who love it just as much. And, and, and that's how, why I think, um, it's, there's an explosion, but I definitely think that Venom in particular was a lot of awakening, a lot of people's awakening into that particular genre, because it was like, oh, this can happen and this can be a sexy but also fun and mm. um, safe. And I think that's mm. why it's sort of like playing up right about now. Mm. Okay. So the Rian Fox um, is going to kind of pivot into more of like the dark erotica type stuff versus the paranormal stuff. What's the next thing coming out from that pen, under that pen name? Um... I'm trying not to say it because I haven't really. But I'm doing a MMF, which is a, uh, a throuple, well, not throuple, but polyamory, right? Polyamory, yeah, okay. Um, but all black. Um, the couple that it's like like a couple with uh, an, you know a one night stand. That couple happens to be dark skinned because I like. Um, giving my love to my dark skin people. And it's basically, um, I was inspired by the Mrs. Jones thing. Like, you know, an older woman, you know, younger, married in a way that wasn't creepy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, and then I've also had a, like, a, what do you call it? A vendetta against um, homeowner associations. And, and I was like, because <laughs> I don't have one, but I hate them in real life. Oh, and so terrible. I was like, ooh, yeah. how can I do this that's fun with this particular thing? So it's called, um, well, I'm not giving you the, the title, but it's about two hot neighbors who seduces the 30-something son of the home association's um, presidents. Oh, oh um, I like it already. <laughs> yeah. Um, the couple is like Idris Alba and like Noemi Campbell as the like the Ooh. representations of that couple. And it's gonna be fun. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be um it was hot, 
when I was writing it. Um, it's going to be hot as I continue to write it. Um, oh. But I mean, yeah, that's a prototype. Um, yeah, yeah, that's going to be steamy. Yeah, but I wanted to really do something. I like doing age camps and I wanted to do something that was fun and that was um, a little outside the box. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to have a blast um, mm. getting that ready for publication. And hopefully mm. I can get it out. Ooh, I'm hoping to get it out mm, beginning of next year. We'll see mm -hmm. uh, how the schedule is going to go. But yeah, it's going to be fun. Cool. All right. So we're, I can't believe this time is flying by, but we're, at, we're almost to the end of the interview. So I want to ask you a couple like rapid fire questions. Mm -hmm. sort of like James Lipton inside the actor studio where he asked a bunch of questions so I want to ask um, your favorite book as a kid uh, Anne of Green Gables oh that's a good one a lot of people said that one yeah mm -hmm. um, do you like writing heroes or villains heroes heroes okay love scenes or dramatic arguments Love scenes. Obviously, because <laughs> obviously because you write not as erotica. Um if someone was new to romance, who's an author new and old that you would recommend to them? Cole McCade. Mm, okay. What is it about their work that you like? Their use of language, the mm. way that they can you know First of all, their their sex scenes are hot always, but their mm -hmm. use of language is just beautiful. Mm -hmm. I, I, I I can't even like like I nearly cried at the end of his cocky ballet, but it was um, it was just a beautiful. If you want to see how that diversity can be done in romance, mm -hmm. I would all I would absolutely recommend Cole McCade. Nice, nice. Uh, if you watch movies, um, is there a best book to movie translation that you've seen or you think they're all trash? <laughs> Anything by L.L. McKinney. I say this, mm. I'll say this to the end of my days. I, uh, oh God, a blade is black, a black is black. Because I, I, I had it right on my tip of my tongue and then it, the ADHD or, just went. Anything by L.L. McKinney, especially her um, yeah. first series. Yeah, yeah, the, the, that the should have been a Netflix thing. Yeah, ages yeah. ago. Yeah, the blade so black, and then I forgot what the other one is called. Um, mm -hmm. I know I read I read a blade so black a while ago when it first came out. Um, do you have a favorite place to write? Say that again because I can it, it broke up. I'm sorry, a favorite place to write? The living room. <laughs> okay. Um book reviews to read or not read not read i, I <laughs> i'm serious i i'm thin-skinned and i and also believe that i have a temper so i will probably be in the reviews at the mess and so it's just best if i keep all that stuff locked on all my devices and keep it rolling say what right. you gotta say but i don't want to see it <laughs> okay the last romance novel that you read um, Bidding for Black, uh, I can't speak today. Bidding for Bachelor by Jackie Lau. Oh, okay. I love Jackie Lau. He's so nice. Awesome. 
Um, if you listen to music, does do you listen to music when you write? And if so, what's like on your playlist? I create a dedicated playlist for every um, every project that I make. Mm-hmm. Um, music is such a part of my writing process. It gets me in the mood. It switches me from one project to another. Um, and I just, it just really is. And I. Mm-hmm. And I just, um, yeah, just music is just a, such a huge part of my day already, but it's mm-hmm. such an integral part to my um, writing. And honestly, if I could get away with it, with mm-hmm. the copyright, I would be putting mm-hmm. lyrics instead of like poems at the beginning <laughs> of each chapter if I can't get yeah. away with it, so. No, no, that's too expensive. We ain't got no money for that. <laughs> we ain't got no money for that. Um, if, we talked about movies, but if your book became a movie, who would you like to play the lead? Hold on, I, I, I couldn't hear you because I had this. <sighs> Kids. Um, hold on. Say that again. If your book became a movie, who would you like to play the lead? Uh, Danielle Brooks. Uh, I love her. I love her. I love her. I do too. Um, if you haven't seen um, Much to Do About Nothing, the whole black um, <coughs> Shakespeare play. Mm-hmm. that was done for pbs i suggest you do it oh oh yes 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 she's fabulous oh my god now my phone rings okay <laughs> um where do you see romance novels going in the next decade hopefully more diverse everyone mm-hmm. can be at the table you have your fat people your black people your black who are fat people the um <laughs> um um neurodivergent disabled i just want more tables i want more chairs at set tables mm-hmm. and i just i just really want romance to reflect the world that i live in every day mm-hmm. and when it's all said and done at the end of your writing career what do you want people to say about the books that you write and what does literary success look like to you I want someone to say that I inspired them to do the same, that mm-hmm. that you can see that it can be done and it can be done well, um, and that I put all of my effort into making romance a better place, a more just place, um, where everyone can see that Black people deserve, no matter what intersection they have, deserve to, the love and the happily ever after that they deserve. Mm, absolutely. This has been an amazing interview. Thank you so much, Georgina. And where can people find you on social media and where can they buy your book? I'm on Twitter, Instagram, on, kind of on Facebook, kind of. But you can find me on Twitter, on Instagram at IngloriousGigi. Um, you can buy my book on Amazon. It's on Kindle Unlimited. So um, full of people who can access it. And I might do uh, expand that later. But mm-hmm. um, right now it's just on Amazon and on Kindle Unlimited. 
Okay. Thank you so, so much for coming on. I so appreciate it. And you have been such a joy to talk to. And I feel like I learned so much from you. And I hope when people listen to this podcast, they learn some cool new stuff too. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. All right, you all. I hope you all enjoyed our interview with Georgina Kirsten. Um, You can find them everywhere on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at IngloriousGigi. <laughs> um, that is their Instagram and Twitter handle, IngloriousGigi. Um, they also have a um, YouTube page under Georgina Kirsten. She also under uh, Rianne Fox as well. Um, for their paranormal and erotica uh, writing. So um, they're going to be going in another direction with that. And hopefully we'll see what else they have in store. Um, But um, for this week's reading romance, I'll pick up some uh, Georgina Kersen. I'm going to, I'm going to say it wrong the whole time. (laughs) But to pick up Georgina's uh, new book, Fall Into You, it is a, female female uh plus size romance uh set in a small town so i hope you all enjoy that um i again finished a kiss at mistletoe rodeo um for uh reading uh romance did you start it no i didn't i did not that's gonna be my next one Mm -hmm. um and i also so first of all i want to shout out to honey magnolia a pr company book pr company who sent me a huge package of books in the mail, all holiday books, some of my favorite authors um, to the podcast. And I just finished uh, Gigolo All the Way (laughs) by by J.N. Walsh. I talked about, I did a PR unboxing on our um, Instagram. So you all can check that out at Romance and Color on Instagram. Um, But I picked that one up because the title kind of intrigued me and then I saw a naked torso on the covers I was like hmm, what's this about it might be kind of sexy <laughs> and plus I had gotten an earlier PR box with Jay and Welsh's um in in harmony in rhythm and in tune a trilogy um and so I finished in harmony which basically like had me weeping at the end so I was like Aww. if this is gonna have me weeping at the end I don't know but this it was it was a very quick little novella <laughs> uh, for the holiday and it's very very steamy but it's about a girl uh whose name is noelle rudolph oh who who uh hires a guy um by the what is his name i'm gonna i'm gonna forget his name um he hires a guy named cole partridge as in partridge in a pear tree um to be her boyfriend and he is a high priced gigolo um, to be her boyfriend around her nosy Caribbean family. And of course, fate with any fake dating, you know, it leads to them falling in love. So, um, and some little complications arise and stuff with her family and stuff like that. But uh-huh. it was a really cute little novella. It was really, really quick. It sounds you cute. It, you can read it in the afternoon. It's about 160 pages. And it's also available on um, Kindle right now for 99 cents. So, okay. you can Very pick nice. it up on Kindle for 99 cents. Also, our holiday list will be up very, very soon, hopefully before Thanksgiving. Um, And so you all can check out a nice list of holiday books that are going to be coming out um, this season. So you can get your hot cocoa, your hot cider, and and your Snuggie together 
um, for the well, holidays. the only thing we're missing is our new holiday T-shirt that someone hasn't put out yet, and I'm waiting to I, get I, I, I am debating it, Kitty. I'm like, you know I'm what? Not- you can't stop now. And I know you're very busy. <laughs> I know you're very busy. You have a lot on your plate. I look forward I to do my have shirt. A lot on my plate. I'm just saying, just, just think about just it. Recycle. <laughs> <laughs> Now. <laughs> oh okay, fine. I'll think about putting out a. Um, I'll think about putting out a, a nice new little holiday. Love my little um, t- my little holiday shirt that I get. Mm-hmm. I will put out maybe a little holiday shirt, but we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what okay. mother can put together. Okay. 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 Um. But yeah, the holiday list will be out, but uh, before uh, my thing a little probably before Thanksgiving. Okay. So. Um, watching romance was pretty full this week. Yeah, a little bit about Christmas and harmony. Um, we we had our qualms with it. It was, it was very cute, but it like was. you said, and, the and you know, it's always refreshing to see. Right, the quality wasn't great, but also like Loretta Devine is just so wonderful to me. Everything about her, uh-huh. so she immediately makes a movie a classic. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was very refreshing. I forgot to mention that earlier. Having her, oh yes, Loretta Devine was wonderful. In it. So they def- we definitely had her. It was wonderful. Again, Luke James very sexy, very yeah, very charming in it. Um, it had like a little gospel flavor to it. So it was yes. very so- something a little different for Hallmark. They yes, dip- yes, dipping into gospel like that, but right, um, right. Right. They really tried to cute. encompass the black church and kind of, yeah. you know, yeah. have that inclusion and diversity on hall. You know, I appreciate it. I what see, really, what, I see what, what y'all are trying to do. Yeah. Hallmark. Well, what ticked me off was if you go on Twitter and you know when the, when the movies premiere for the night or whatever, and people are like, I just don't understand what's going on. Like, what? are y'all that daft? Like, are you serious? Like, I swear. People and, and people in there, I just don't understand what's going on. Like, what are you? How mean? do you like, not understand? Like, it was a very like, clear cut. It was a clear movie. movie. Like, with, 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 over for the promotion she should have got. So mm-hmm. she went to she went home where she agreed to help out with co-directing the church choir alongside mm-hmm. her high school or whatever boyfriend. And yeah, then some yeah, her were revealed about her father who passed away. I mean, it was mm-hmm. a beautiful story. Yeah, it was. I don't understand it, it, anything culturally. Yeah, they, they resented that. They cut up everything. That homework gave us that few hours. You know. Yes. Yes. So whatever. So, um, did you watch Insecure this week? I didn't. I haven't seen it yet. You're welcome to talk yeah, about it. Without I'm, not gonna talk about, I'm not going to talk know, about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I will say, I know that the first episode started off a little lukewarm. Can you at least comment on if it is picking up? Eh. <laughs> what? Oh, no. <laughs> I will say, I will say it was very, very nice to okay. see Kofi Cerebo in there. Okay. So, with his chocolatey gorgeousness. Okay. He was in well, there. Um, and of course, Nathan made an appearance. I love Nathan. Okay. Because we didn't see With him. With his fine self, too. So he's back. Good. Yes. Um, Kendrick um, Sampson was in there. Okay. Um, so, um, it, okay. it, it, you know, a couple of people made some appearances. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it was, it was, it, it was picking up a little bit. It kind of, well, I will tell you, it jumps to a year later from that moment that what? we saw them. Yeah. It jumps to a whole another year. What the heck? Okay. Yeah, so that's strange. Just, okay, know, I'll take you know it. getting their stuff together. Was there any, mop- re- any revolu- resolution to the um the Greek uh paraphernalia? Like you know, did they come out? And um, anything, or kinda, well, I know they've been, they been quiet. Okay. I know that the people on the staff sure have been quiet. So you know, yeah. I, I I saw uh, Amanda Seals make a little joke. You remember I sent you that tick? Uh, that was cute. Yes, I like, look. You that. get me in trouble with people. You know what I, I mean? Her, her, she was playing her real self, talking to Tiffany, talking about <laughs> you get me in trouble with people. 
That um, was funny. and so um, you know, because she's like, "Yo, dog, don't go, go, you know, bring the smoke to me. I'm just an actor, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't blame her." But um, <laughs> but you know, they 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 they've been kind of mums the words, so I think they're probably going to have to come to some sort of resolution. With, yeah, with the, uh, and that's how it should with be, Alpha right? Kappa Alpha. We don't yeah. need to be yeah. to be privy to everything. So. Yeah, we don't. Mm-hmm. It, it ain't it ain't it ain't it ain't my business. I'm not an AKA. That's not right. AKA, so it ain't our business. You know, we don't we don't <laughs> care. <laughs> we don't we don't wear pink in your name sorry but um Mm -hmm. so um yeah it's 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 you know i hope they i hope they resolve it amicably at least but it it, it, it didn't pick up too too much but we really didn't get no well that's only a pickup how many episodes are going to be in this season i think 12 okay so 12 episodes 12 episodes yeah yeah so I just want Andrew to come was back. Con- was Condola, I don't want to spoil it too much for myself, but was um, Condola in this episode? Is that her name? No, no. Okay. But okay. maybe next episode, because next episode seems like it's going to focus on Lawrence okay. and what, what he's doing with him to, with his life now. Because I'm kind of um, waiting so. to see how that all plays out. So Yeah, okay. but you know, Condola, speaking about other shows, Condola plays on my show 20. Yes, on, yes. On BET. That's Lord have mercy. Y'all, if y'all saw Twenties this week, I know y'all was screaming because that joke was so good. That that show is good. When okay, so it it was about um Hattie's friend. I forgot her name. The girl that Condola plays. Okay, what kind of girl? Pro girl Condola. So she's playing name. someone in her twenties. Oh, yeah, her name is Marie. Excuse me, her name is Marie on okay. the show, and she is um, engaged to this guy's perfect guy, perfectly rich black guy. His parents are played by Rick Fox and Vanessa Williams, who used to be married in real life, as we all yes. know. And uh, and Rick Fox show look good. He still look good. He, he's Jesus a he's Christ. a handsome man. He is he definitely is so handsome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, the guy is, you know, um, kind of, you know, keeping secrets basically from 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 Marie. Um, and you know, come to find out, the guy's quote unquote best friend, his old college roommate, was somebody he used to mess around with. Uh-huh. And um, you know, he doesn't have he doesn't have resolved feelings. He said he has unresolved feelings for the guy. He's like, I'm trying to be the perfect black son. You know, I'm trying to give my parents what they want. They want a perfect black son with a perfect wife and perfect children. Uh-huh. He uh-huh. said you can still have perfect children, and, a, and the guy was telling him you can still have perfect children, perfect relationship, and be who you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then, um, you know they they share this kiss at the pool. It was so beautiful, like I was crying. Like, is this a half an hour or an hour? It's a half. It needs to be a freaking half hour show, but they only giving us half hours. Okay. I don't appreciate this. Yeah. But um, mm-hmm. it's, it's and then we get Hattie, who's trying to uh, find her way and um, as a screenwriter, but she's dating the lady that used to be her boss, and um, and then their other friend um, mm-hmm. who is used to be a. Uh, child actress is trying to get back into the acting groove of things and trying to find her way as an actress again and build her social media and stuff like that and mm-hmm. you know and try to find love too so it's it, it, it's interesting so this week I cannot wait until this week it's gonna it's gonna come out like gangbusters and please watch the after show the after show is with B. Scott on um BET. oh nice oh yeah, is that which, what his project was that he yeah working on yes, okay yes which i'm so happy for and they came to something too. you know something resolved amicably amicably we never did wrote. talk about that i guess yeah. that incident with bt happened before the podcast oh yeah but we so should have talked about it when he ago. announced that he was going to have this spinoff it is a triumphant yeah. return to bt it's, it's a very, very triumphant return to bt 
um, B. Scott is being um, their authentic self. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and 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 looking good, okay? Yeah, good. Yeah, um, and Wicked having TV. other yes. queer um, actors and stuff on the show, mm-hmm. and and people who are on the show, people who are friends of the show, people who love the show and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and um, it's so good. And it's mm-hmm. so good. Last week she had, um, I mean, B. Sky had, um, God, I can't think of the girl. Name. She has a, um, the girl, she has a um, um, YouTube channel, Amber Whittington. She okay. is a, she is a uh, queer gay woman, very attractive. She is on a new show on BT Plus called A Love Series or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. How about I started that? How about it's also good? <laughs> BT Plus, y'all doing what we need needs to be done, okay? Mm-hmm. Y'all are giving us what we need, but it's really, really good. So I hope y'all watch 20s this week because if, if y'all stay in 20s like I do, it's, it's so good. It's so Ooh, good. Oh, Lord, you make me want to watch this. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. And also, reruns come on BT Her. So okay. if you can catch it, catch them on BT Her um, later okay. on in the week. Um, they come on. So just set your DVR, girl. You, 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 you'll see them. Okay. Um, but this week, um, premiering from our Christmas list, we have a uh, love heart with Jenny O Yang. It's going to be on Netflix on mm. the fifth. It is a kind of like an identity catfish Christmas type of romance. Oh, I'm not sure that's about that. I'm not sure about the premise because eh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I really want. Maybe this is my own personal beef, but I'm just so tired of Asian men over here like gallivanting and changing their ways and changing their life in hopes of like romancing these white women you know what I mean yeah which is why I loved always be my baby on Netflix so much because it was about two Asian leads who were just in love Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it was so much positive Asian representation that's why I like Andrew on Insecure because he's just a breath of fresh air as an Asian man is being seen as sexy and desirable and stuff like that you know the nerdy sure Asian, Asian type Asian stereotype that doesn't get girls thing it's, it's always played we need something yeah, else you know exactly I mean? but I'm gonna watch it though I taught all the shit but I'm gonna watch it, <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> um, also uh, A Christmas Treasure with Jordan Sparks and our favorite uh, Michael uh, Xavier is gonna be on uh, Hallmark on um, I believe it's the the sixth okay so that comes out um uh, no excuse me the seventh that sunday so okay. it comes out the seventh and it, it looks like it's super super cute okay. um jordan, it's good to see jordan sparks acting again we haven't seen her since sparkle yeah um, so it's been so it's been a long time for that Very nice. um and also in not unrelated christmas news the harder they fall with idris elba the cat the western and stuff comes out on Friday on Netflix. So I need everybody black to go watch that. Okay. I know it's gonna be good, really, really good. Um, yep. Even though they got Zazzy Beats playing a dark skinned woman, but we ain't gonna talk about that. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that. Um, but also, really quickly, some updates to our Christmas list have been done. I filled in a lot of dates that have finally been announced. Um, most of BET's Christmas movies are gonna be on BET Plus. Okay. So you're gonna have to have BT Plus to see them. They'll probably air later. Okay. But um yeah. they're all gonna be on BT uh plus. So they all have air dates for them. I've, I've I guess they're really trying the, to get people to get the BT plus yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah. I'm also it. a lot of these that I said were gonna be on Peacock because I forgot um Universal also owns VH1. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be showing these same Christmas movies on VH1. So luckily okay. if you have VH1 
you, oh. don't, need the, you don't need the Peacock or Paramount. Excuse me, Paramount, not Peacock, but Paramount mm-hmm. um, app. So they're gonna they're gonna stream right on um, on um, VH1. So that Miracle on 125th Street, produced by Nick Cannon. Okay. Um, the Adventures in Christmasing with Kim Fields. Um, Let's Get Married, which is a Latinx focused one. Okay, all of these are gonna be on um, VH1. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited. But also, like I said, Cal Penn has one called A Hot Miss Holiday. It's gonna be quote unquote Diwali. Which is actually this? I believe Diwali is coming up this week, which is a, a, a Hindu festival. Okay, um, it's coming up. Um, mm-hmm. So um, it's sort of similar to Christmas. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, this it's, it's about some Indian friends who make a pact to do something crazy after Diwali or something. That sounds fun. It sounds yeah. so funny. So mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really, really good. Um, and so again, I've updated the list. There are just a couple ones that don't have dates. Uh, we still don't know when Christmas at the frat house is going to be premiering. Okay, uh, which is a black, a black movie. They just wrap. We also don't know when uh, Christmas oh, at the frat house. That looks so cute. What is what channel is that going to be on? What network? I, I, well, I'm not sure yet. They don't have a okay. date for that one. Um, but I also just found out that Coins for Christmas or that Coins for Christmas a follow up. That's Coins Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be airing on the 14th of November, so that's going to be the next movie that, that okay, comes that's out. The corner, yeah. So, now, do we know um, if um if if Ray J is doing a little movie this year? Because he did two movies Ray the last two years. Oh. He did um that date one date for Christmas or something, and then mm-hmm. the other one we didn't enjoy it as much, but it was cute. It was like an elf one or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Hip Hop Family Christmas, which is like okay, a music focused holiday. Um, Jamie Jamie Foxx is uh, producing that one, but I'm oh, not nice. sure. Nice. I'm not sure. I didn't see anything with him on it this okay, year. Well, I know he was sick recently with was it COVID or something or pneumonia? Mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Well, Romeo Miller Romeo Miller's in one called Who Is Christmas Eve? It's going to be coming on Bounce. Oh, that's on a, cute. 11, okay. um, 11, 21. So, mm-hmm. uh, we, some of our little, little tween stars, <laughs> they're going to be in here. And also, Loretta Devine definitely going to be working overtime because she's in a couple movies. All right. That's so, my girl. Yeah. So, we got a lot of stuff to look forward to, you guys. So, it's going to be I'm a ready. really good holiday season. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, finally, in listening romance, speaking of holiday season, I want to shout out the Unwrapped Romance podcast with Naima Simone and Lacey Baker, two uh, romance powerhouses coming together uh, with Naima Simone being the steamy and uh, Lacey Baker being the sweet. (laughs) And they talk about uh, romance books and they also talk about uh, holiday movies and stuff just like we are um, that come out, but they're only doing a limited run of podcasts around Mm -hmm. the holiday season. So they only talk about holiday movies and they only do the month or so. So right Um, because these ladies are busy writing lots and lots of uh, books so um, yeah yeah so you guys i hope you enjoyed the podcast this week hope you enjoyed the interview with georgina kirsten check us out everywhere that you get your podcast and Mm -hmm. we are on instagram at romance and color and on twitter at romance in letter n and color with a u and again we have updated this uh romance uh holiday movie list so and that can be found to, on the facebook page yes it's on the facebook page okay it's great to the top of our um twitter page too so it's a drop awesome. box just printed out so 
You guys have a great week. Have a we safe week, guys. Yep, yes, stay we warm and stay masked up. Yes, and, and get your booster shots if you need to. Yes. So, absolutely. yes, we will see you guys later. See you next time. Bye. Bye.